doing today? I am mostly awake. It's I I've I've changed some medication, so of course it's it's messing with my system. Yeah. In a good way or bad way? <laughs> the decision has yet to be firmly made on how it's affecting me. Oh. I guess that's good. I don't know. It's supposed to help with depression and my mood is better, but it's not necessarily helping the inner monologue that makes me depressed. Inner monologue is a terrible thing. Can, yes. can, can be a terrible thing. Like my inner monologue never stops. Does yours ever stop? No, 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 no. That, that's good old fashioned ADHD. And that is that the noise in your head is always on. What? What does yours tell you? Because mine never has anything nice to say about me. <laughs> I, I, I explain to people that I am severely depressed and that the way I can define that is that my childhood imaginary friends made fun of me and made me feel miserable about myself. Yeah, I think that seems to be a common theme, especially among creative individuals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why. I saw a wonderful comic from a death metal band comic called Beelzebubbles or Beelzebubs, where this guy is sitting there at his desk and there are these little creatures flying around him going, you have no talent. That riff sucks. Why would anybody listen to your music? This is horrible. You should just give it all up. At which point, a pencil appears out of nowhere and spears one of these little things. And he looks up and his girlfriend is holding the pencil that has just speared one of these little bat-like creatures. And now all the bat-like creatures are, you know, you're a god. You are amazing at what you do. And I thought that was, I thought that was a really wonderful comic because it basically said, you know, we all face these, these voices of, of failure and doubt and it's our loved ones that remind us that we don't suck. What if you have loved ones that do remind you that you suck? I don't. I'm lucky. I don't have that. But I'm sure there are people out there that they're, especially the artist, the starving artist. Like, I know a lot of people who tell their kids, you'll never make it as an artist. I also know a lot of people who tell their kids, don't worry about having a plan B because just do what you want. But the, the majority of people are, oh, you're, you'll never make it as an artist. You'll never make it as a game developer because you just, you can't. Either you're not good enough or there's too much talent out there that you can't compete or there's too much saturation out there that you'll never get discovered. What do you think about that? Well, you've asked two very different things because I'm in the camp of encourage people in the things they love. Um, I was at a graduation for a major university that had a very, very strong tech, robotics, etc. But they also did the arts. And each college would stand up and say, we'd like to congratulate the people graduating in robotics. We'd like to congratulate the people graduating with computer science. And the one college uh, principal, uh, principal or headmaster or whatever, got up and the dean said, we want to congratulate those of you in creative arts. We know you will do wonders. We just have no idea how. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I, I have problems with the, the parents who are more, in, more focused on material success than 
the personal achievement and happiness. Because what you get are people who are in fields that they're not happy with. And as a result, I don't think they'll be the best they can be. Now, I was a very strange egg in that I wanted to pursue theater, but I also had a love of computer science. And I completely self-taught myself computer science. And I discovered early on that computer science paid more than waiting tables. And I miss doing theater, but at the same time, I, my plan B was sort of a second plan A. And here I am, who basically am doing podcasts, which is entertainment, and that grew out of my doing CS. So I'd say don't give up on your loves and your beliefs. They, they may yet come around at the right time. Yeah, I, I kind of subscribe to the do what makes you happy methodology of, of mm -hmm. thinking. But at the same time, with this inner voice that's always telling you you're not good enough, you'll never be good enough. And regardless of who's stabbing the creatures around you that are saying that, mm -hmm. they're still very loud. And for me, oh yeah, yeah, it's endless. It's, it's a constant barrage of negativity. And when you do have that tiny little spark of contentment or just when you can sit back and and say, wow, I did this thing and it's really amazing. Sometimes that happens. It's very infrequent. And when it does, I, I myself, I'm like, wow, did that just come out of my mouth? I love that phrase so much. I, I had that happen in the computer industry so many times where, well, I mean, we can go and we can, we can talk about imposter syndrome, but there've been times that somebody will come up to me and ask me something in an office or, on the job and they'll say, how do you do this? And I'll say, well, first you have to do it, blah, 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 blah. And then you do this and it's under that because of the other thing. And then I'll stop and I'll go, wow, did I just say that? <laughs> Dude, I may actually be qualified for this job. A and those moments are really, are really wonderful to have because they, they don't come as often as I wish they would, but they are that, that brief confirmation of, yes, you, you are in a job that you can handle. Yeah. And I think the term imposter syndrome, you know, I was thinking about that before we jumped on this call today. And it tends to be one of those phrases that people throw around a lot. And my fear with that is that it's going to become a, a catchphrase or a buzzword. And by that, I mean, people are going to start to ignore it. And the majority of creatives that I talk to, they all have a similar underlying tone of I'm not good enough nothing I do is good enough. And the few things that I do do that are good enough will never get noticed because there are so many other people out there that are way, way better than me. So for me, it's not so much imposter syndrome as it is self-doubt. And, and I, I even put a Twitter post about this the other day. It's kind of like, I'm afraid of success in, in the usual term of success mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm not deserving of it, you know? you know, there, there are two tiers of success and the, the common vernacular of success 
everybody gets the same image. And that's the Beatles coming out of their hotel and all the girls chasing after them. Much like everybody has the same image of God, it's the bearded guy on the cover of the My Fair Lady album holding up the, the, the strings. Uh, that is not success to me. And I was very fortunate in college to have a choir professor. Yes, I did choir in college. Um, I had a professor who said, if you reach out and you truly touch one person, and I mean affect them, that you have changed their lives, or you have done something that has just opened their eyes, or you've touched one person, that is a sign of true success. And then I think back to that image of all of the Beatles running out of the hotel, and you realize that a lot of their fans were just fans because it's like, it's the Beatles, I must be a fan, I must scream, I must shout, I must go crazy, because it's the Beatles. And you wonder how many of the Beatles fans didn't really get their music, but just listened to it because it was the Beatles. And I realize that that's almost sacrilege to say. And yeah, there were lots of people who just, I, I know many Beatles fans who just pour over the White Album and, and continually change their opinions about what's going on in that album. And it was great. And they were deserving of the true success they had. But at the same time, I look back at myself and I think, no, I am likely never going to have something that's going to touch millions of people. The bulk of us are never going to have something that touches millions of people. But I will tell you, the first time I got a positive response on my app, on the App Store, the first person who said, this is exactly what I have needed. And I got a five out of five from that first person. And I was like, I did it. I made my app. I made the app I wanted to make. I put it out there and someone else got it. And that's, I, I won't say that's all I needed. Sure. I just opened a Patreon and I have not gotten any Patreons yet. <laughs> I just closed but, my Patreon. I closed it. Uh, when did I close it? Six months ago, or maybe more. I, I, I Listen, I struggle with time. I recently closed my Patreon. Let's go with that. It's been some time this year that I closed it. And I was asked somewhat recently, why did you close it? You know, how, how, are, you, how are you making any money? How are you generating income? What are you doing these days for that? And I said, well, you know, and I just said this last night to someone. I was like, Last year, I was happy doing stuff without chasing money. I was enjoying the things that I was doing. I was enjoying life. I was, yeah. I was always upbeat. I was always happy. I was just doing the things that I enjoyed doing that I love to do. And I wasn't chasing money. And so many people said, oh, you got to chase money. You got to chase money. You can't give your stuff away for free. You got it. You can't work for free. You got to charge for this. This is great. You got to charge for this. You got to do this. You got to. And I let the outside influences get into my head. And I, I said, yeah, yes, you're right. I have to charge for these things. I need to charge for these things. If I don't start charging for the work that I do, that people enjoy, that people get value from, then I won't have anything and I won't be able to do it anymore. So I started to really start to chase that money, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I have never been more miserable 
I have been more miserable in my life, but I'm quite miserable at this stage, chasing the money and charging for things. And I, my, my self-confidence has dropped. My, the amount of work that I produce has dropped. Everything has significantly dropped because I stopped doing what I enjoy, right? And I started doing it for other reasons. And those other reasons do not sit properly with with who I am and, and what I intend to achieve on this earth. And you say, you say to true success is touching one person. Well, I touch many people in many different ways. I mean, I have a family to me, that's, that's successful. You know, my kids love me and you know, the, the, I try and be the, the best mother that I can be. And yes, I'm successful in that because I touch their lives every day, just in how I raise them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I make mistakes all the time. I make mistakes. Who am I kidding? But the point is, you know, I shut down all of this stuff where I was trying to get money and I'm starting to feel better about myself. Of course, I just spent like $60 on domains that I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with. <laughs> but <laughs> I was very impulsive last night. I'm like, you're right. I need to stop doing things for money. Boom, $60 worth of domains. But the point is, I want to get back to to doing the things that I enjoy and doing them just because I enjoy doing them. And, you know, if somebody comes across my stuff and they like it, they should be able to have it for nothing. Now, I'm probably going to wind up really chewing on what you've just said, because I've slowed down on the app ever since putting up my donations and my Patreon, because I, I haven't seen any return on it. And, you know, it's, it would be nice to have it as an income stream. It would be nice, but I know it's not going to be something that's going to support me. And maybe I have been paying too much attention to trying to get those, those funds. I mean, now admittedly, part of the reason I put mine up is that everybody keeps telling me you need to have an Android version of your app. You need to have an Android version of your app so much so that, that we, we, we tell you that, that you need to go make one. It's like, I, I don't have the ability to make one without about three years of personal investment of my time or $10,000. Right. So I'm like, if you guys really think I need an Android version of the app, send me money to help me pay for an Android version of my app. And everybody's like, crickets, crickets. Yeah. So you know what? I'm going to continue to pursue what I like in the app. and. And if I'm not getting the money, I'm not getting the money for it. But I'll try to focus more on pursuing the parts of the app that I like. So the biggest, most difficult thing for me whenever I'm starting a project is starting the project, right? Mm -hmm. Once I'm in there, I have no problems. I can nose to the grindstone, as they say, and I can get it done. And I have spent oodles of time just working and working and working on this thing, whether it be something I don't know how to do. So I'm spending all this time figuring it out. And then I get to almost done. And then boom, I immediately feel the same way I did when I started the project. And that's like, hmm, I don't know. You know, so for me, it's it's the bookends of the start and the finish. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I keep thinking about this over and over and over again. Why? Why? am I so reluctant to start something? And why am I so reluctant to finish something? And the only conclusion that I have ever been able to come up with is because I am afraid of success. Now, whatever success means, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean finishing the project, doesn't mean people 
see it and go, wow, that's great. Is it, is it not success that I'm afraid of, but failure? Like, oh my gosh, here's this thing I did and I send it out to the wild and people see it and go, wow, that's pretty shitty. I can't believe you actually did that because that's, that's terrible. Look at that code. Look at those lines in that picture you drew. They're messy. They're sloppy. You know, so is it, is it a matter of being afraid of success or being vulnerable and afraid of the feedback from whatever it is I put out there? Absolutely. Both of those things, right? It's absolutely <laughs> both of those. No, I, and I, I didn't think about it. I haven't thought about that either because I think about myself as a creative. I think about my spouse as a creative who's an artist. Um, and I'll admit, a lot of my projects I've stumbled onto because they – in many ways are often me trying to solve a problem on a main project. And I, well, actually my, my first app that I released to the app store was because I was trying to solve a problem with the big app that I finally released. And I sort of worked up a side project to try to figure out the answer to this problem. And I put so much time into that. I was like, Oh my God, this may be an app on its own. And I had never really started. I just sort of fell into it. Much like dating. I don't really <laughs> date. I just wind up being in relationships. But that's aside from the point. My wife, when she's working on a project, we have what's referred to as the, um, the music stand stage. Music stand stage? Yes. When she will get to a point on a piece of artwork we will put it on a music stand and it'll sit there for a week or two where we go, is it finished? Can you look at it from a distance and say you, you're done tweaking it? And that's... How, wait, now how often do you say yes? Because if, if you were to do that with me, every day I would find something new or something wrong to do, something new to do or something wrong to fix is what I meant to say with that piece of artwork. Well, that's the whole thing is that during during that two weeks, you're not allowed to tweak it. It has to just sort of sit there. Okay. But yeah, we, we've had times where it's like, is it time to put it on a music stand? No, not yet. I think I can do something else with it. But I, I really like your question of, do we have problems starting and stopping projects because of our own faith? I, I, I'm really hoping that when we post this, that we can get Google subtitles or something on it so my wife can see this as well because she is a creative type and we go through this as well i'm going to probably talk to her about this right after the show going this was a fantastic conversation um it's not even starting a new project for me i've got a new stage on the current big app and i just have been waffling about putting it in i don't know why i i've got general ideas of what I need to do. And I've got a, an example of it in another app, but I just haven't committed to it yet. And I think it is that question of, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of rejection. I just, <laughs> aren't we all? So here's the thing. I, I'm rekindling an old relationship. It's, it's a business relationship. It's, it's not like a, a romantic relationship. And one of the reasons that we're considering rekindling this, this relationship is because over the past year, both of us have just been miserable in terms of we, we lack the necessary 
emotion or feeling or desire, or I don't know what the right word is, to finish things, to sometimes even start them. And we were just offhanded having this conversation where we were talking about, you know, I'm just so miserable. I feel like everything I do is just not good enough, or there's so much other competition out there that it, it, what's the point? And everyone is producing content so much faster because we're so into being more perfect than we really are because we're afraid that, again, people will see what we've done and be like, oh, that's just shit, you know? So we were talking about how we allowed those feelings and things to to permeate into into our presence and just sort of like just destroy everything we built not destroy it but you know being a little melodramatic mm -hmm. but we decided again somewhat recently that maybe maybe we approached this the wrong way maybe we we were successful because we encouraged each other every mm -hmm. step of the way so we've sort of kind of gone back and said you know what let's let's not necessarily redo what we did in the past let's just continue to do what we're doing but let's do it together in a sense where we sort of champion each other we sort of mm. we're each other's art directors we're each other's code mentors we we just sort of let each other know hey this is what i'm working on and we sort of hold each other accountable to things that we want so we're each going to pick one of our open projects we have many from which to choose we're each going to pick one and we're just going to champion each other to finish the thing that we started. Because mm. I have so many things that I have started that I haven't finished. I have so many <laughs> things I want to start that I haven't started because I'm afraid to start them. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's why I, I spent money on these domains last night. Because I was like, you know what? I, I want to do something different. I, I want to do it for me. And I want to do it not to earn a living. I want to do it just because I want to feel better. Yeah, I have some projects that I haven't started either. And it's not a question of not having a champion. Some of them I absolutely feel daunted on um, that are so far out of my current domain that I just, I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. And I think part of the problem is that it is hard to find anybody who is a mentor in this day and age or anybody who will basically say, well, let me help you out to get you started. Well, damn it, Drew, I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I think we're coming up on our, on our 29 minutes here or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. And, and I think it's a, I think it's a really good place to end there. It's like committing, you know, mentoring each other and the like. I think so. And I think, uh, I think picking one project that you have open and finishing that project, regardless of how it turns out mm -hmm. is what you and I need to focus on next. I mean, like this, this podcast, even this for me is such a great thing because it forces me to just put out there, whatever is out there, you know, whatever I say, whatever you say, it's out there as it is because we promised no editing. Yes, we did. You know, no, no, it's raw and uncut. And I think we should stick to that, including the dog being the dog. So we're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. We're going to keep doing it until next time. Until next time.